Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Double check a few things. The, the Maritzburg Mumba, is that an on-field <laughs> yep. nickname or an off-field nickname? <laughs> Don't you even go, you know what goes on tour stays on. <laughs> so it's definitely on field. It's definitely on field. It must have been my, you know, my striking ability at backward point. I'm, I'm clinging to that. Talking about clinging on to things. I'm clinging on to the on field. Oh, I really love it. I, well, I tell you what, most of your career, you're at backward points, Alan Donald. Uh, so I would believe that. That must have been an experience. It was, you know, it's it's interesting because in, in the modern game, just been watching here at the MCG, Marnus Lovershane, he's he's fielding a mid-off and been involved with a lot of activity. And it's just the bowling plans because kind of chatting to him on, on day two. Um, and, and he, you know, he, he's more in the action at mid-off because Australia, even with their, their paces, bowl a fuller length. Whereas with South Africa, with Sean Pollock and Alan Donald, those two blokes are sort of, you know, back of a length, off stump was was the line of attack for for most of my career and which meant that gully backward point was pretty much the hot zone so yeah i spent unless pat simcox or a left arm spinner was bowling that was pretty much where i spent most of my career in the field um although i must i really enjoyed fielding so i did cover a bit more ground than just that backward point in gully area well Manai is getting back into some cricket and at the moment he's at mid on he really looks at that backward point position with envy yeah. uh what makes a good backward points fielder so he can get into the get into some training how do i make it mine well first Manai, you, you've got to get a decent bowling attack i mean you, you can't do these things on your own You're that's really what i'm saying so yeah don't yeah, yeah. Well, don't get much to bowl in your team. He just <laughs> bowls long half volley. So you, 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 if you're, back, I tell you what, if you, if you're backward point, the key is you know, for me it was you could never watch the ball out the bowler's hand because it, it just travels too quickly. So as as the bowler sort of approached the umpire in his gather before he before he took off to hit the crease, I would then focus all my attention on the bat. That's obviously where the ball comes from. But the batter's body language tells you if it's going to be a defensive shot or if it's going to be an attacking shot. So that would give me a split second to react uh, in, in in a position where I could then move forward to to attack the, the sort of single or anticipate a single or be ready to defend a ball that's been cut or, or square driven at pace. So that, you know, I was always commentators used to sort of give me credit for for, for good anticipation, which is not better reflexes, because if I had better reflexes, I would have been a much better batter than, than I was. I was I had a very average average. But the fielding anticipation was because I was expecting every ball to come to me. And and, and that was the key. I think, you know, you, you can have players who've got similar reaction time to me, but if they're not expecting the ball mm. to come to them, then they react late. And then, then your weight is in the your weight distribution is, is kind of on your heels. 
So I was always ready before each ball came to me, expecting every ball to come to me. And, and that made a massive difference. And whether it was the first over of the day or the 90th over you know, of a test match, I was expecting still every ball to come in my area. John T, you spoke about your batting there. Uh, when you played against Australia, particularly in Australia, was it nervous? Were you very nervous batting behind Daryl Cullinan? <laughs> no, I wasn't nervous because I was just I almost walking out with him, especially if Shane Warne was bowling. So I didn't have to worry about, not to worry about being nervous. You know, I mean, Daryl's Daryl's um, struggles with, with Shane have been highlighted everywhere. But you know, I, when we toured Australia, I think I got out three times to Shane Warne LBW. You know, I saw the flipper; I just didn't know how to deal with it. I ended up trying to play French cricket. Did you ever play that as a kid? Yes, yes, yes. You put your you put your legs behind your your bat and 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 all the fielders around you trying to hit your your legs with the ball. That was pretty much my my strategy to Shane when I saw the flipper coming. Daryl never saw it. He was trying to pull it and cut it because when you see if we saw the flipper, it looked like a leg spin gone wrong because the trajectory was so low. You know, you thought, ah, oh, here's a here's a hit me ball and you know cut it or pull it. So we many of us, not just Daryl Cullen and had. And our issues with the late great Shane Warne. Um, moving our attention to obviously this Test match and this Test series, um, South Africa look like a particularly a Test batting side that's on the on the rebuild. Um, do you guys have many? Uh, do they talk to you? Have many conversations with these current players around what it takes to perform in Australia and and what do you see from this current SA Test team? Yeah, Mitch, I think the biggest issue here is that you talk about a rebuild. Is that you know they've the players, none of the players that we have in, in, the, in, in from a batting perspective, none of the, the batters, there's only one that we could keep a batter, Carl Verena. He's the only guy that's under 30. All the other batters are between 32 and 35. So it's mm. not a case of, of bringing in young blokes and say, okay, we, we, you know, we, we, we're going to give you an opportunity. Um, we see the potential and, and no one wants to come to Australia with an untested team. But you know, unfortunately, from a test experience, there's not many players that we have that have played, even played in Australia, mm. you know, as a batting group. Um, so that's, that, that's a massive thing. Even Dean Elgar, he's played against Australia, but I don't think he's even, or possibly he has, is the only guy that's come here. But our test, our test averages, so we have inexperienced test players, and the whole, the whole sort of philosophy behind the selection at the start was that we know we don't have, you know, they've left out an Aiden Markram, uh, Keegan Peterson, who was the number three batter, had, had a bad hamstring test, so he was left out. So what they felt was the best way to replace them would be with players who are experienced at first class level because then they would sort of come here to Australia knowing their own game and, and not have to sort of find their feet at, hopefully mm. not find their feet at test level. But there is such a, I mean, you know what it's like, from an in domestic structure to international competition, there is already a, there's already a, a jump or a leap up. And it's a lot easier if there's only one player in, in the batting sort of group that's that's making this sort of transition. But we have many of, of, of our batters, you know, played Kaya Zondo before he had got you, had played two test matches. Um, uh, trying to think about tennis to brain, you know, he hadn't played for two years. Mm. So the batting group as, as a whole just don't haven't had time together and don't have much test experience. So, yeah, yeah so if you look at the numbers, that, that, you, know, you can't expect anything bigger because nobody averages more in than sort of 30 in test cricket here in, in our setup. You mentioned that there was a big jump up from the domestic form of the game to the international. It seems like there's a little bit of a jump yes. between the average international test and then playing Australia at home. What makes them so difficult to beat at home? 
You know, I think there's there's many factors. I mean, firstly, they are the number one ranked side at the stage, or they yeah. head in the you know in in that um, for the World Test Championships percentage wise, they're already ten or fifteen percent stronger than any other team, and 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 they've obviously strong not just at home but also away from home. But but I think here is you know it, it's it's almost been like working with Mitch Mumbai Indians. You know, we had the Vankhede Stadium in Mumbai as a fortress and and went through seasons where literally didn't lose a game at the venue so home ground advantage in in, in australia certainly is something that they latch onto the crowd support them incredibly well um you know even if you think of situations like boxing day tests there was it was a, a small crowd of sixty six thousand people you know and that's that's insane <laughs> to think that's a small crowd yeah at a test match. So, so I mean, the Aussies are tough wherever you go. You, you, you know, Mitch would know as well. No matter where they're playing, they're a tough bunch of players who seem to find a way to, if they get on top, they just keep hammering away and hammer. There is no let up whatsoever. And that is interesting because they, they really work well as a unit. So I wish I could understand the, the sort of mentality or the mindset that they have as a team. Does it just happen at, at the test or international level, or is it something that comes through their grade cricket structure into into their state cricket? Because that's that for us is is a massive issue. Is our, the level of our provincial cricket or our state cricket in South Africa? Everybody is just really concerned. So to answer the question with regards to Australia at home, I think they're a strong side wherever they go, just because the unit that they, the cohesiveness that they have. Because cricket, I mean, it's a team game. Even though when you're batting, you, you you're facing. You know, you're sort of facing the ball on your own. Every time there's been a hundred, David Warner, I mean, David Warner and Steve Smith obviously had massive issues in 2018 with, with the sort of whole sandpaper gate saga in South Africa. But the, the embrace that Steve Warner, I mean, Steve Smith gave David Warner when David Warner scored a hundred was incredible to see. And then Cameron Green yesterday batting with, with Alex Carey, when Alex Carey got his hundred, he and Green, because they bat six and seven, they've formed this very strong bond or this partnership. So they, they almost have teams within the team. And, and, and that just builds, you know, in, in, it, just, it never allows the opposition to see a weakness. So that's a long answer. I wish I knew. I bet you're talking nonsense. I don't know the answer. I wish I knew the answer. Oh, but yeah, no, you're you're probably right. It's uh, we're going through that phase as well in New Zealand as with our domestic cricket. Um, it's on that knife edge. Could go go either way. Um, one guy who has really really impressed me and he's been awesome to watch. And if you haven't been tuning into the cricket, um, one guy just to turn on the TV is for Unric Nokia. Um, this spells he's been bowling to David Warner and the likes has been phenomenal. It must have been awesome to see that live. Well, you always know when, when the opposition, when Australia resort to bad tactics that, <laughs> that somebody's got on top of you. I mean, Anrik Nokia has been superb. Kajiso Rabada has obviously been supreme fast bowler for South Africa for quite a lengthy period of time and, and almost has almost been the sort of the, the leader of the bowling attack. But I think Anrik Nokia now has just stepped up and, and taken on that mantle. But you can tell how much the Aussies respect him and possibly fear him is that they, they sent out spider cam to knock him over. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've have you seen the footage? Mitch, have you yeah. seen the footage of that? Oh, mate. That's I mean, a good it was, hit, didn't he? You know, it, if, if that had hit him flush, I mean, he was so fortunate because it was traveling. With, I mean, I, I was actually doing, I was on SEN. I was doing radio commentary. And I kind of looked out and I saw, I saw Nokia lying on the ground and, and, and didn't realize what had happened. And then just seeing the, the replay, 
because it wasn't a case of you know it was it was next to him and and it just started moving it was traveling at pace to get out of you know get out of the the sort of the arena so if that had hit him flush he would not have got up um without you know there's been blood and broken fingers and stuff in this game it's been no quarter asked or given but i think yeah that that does summarize how well and how much he's been respected by the Aussies if they if they're trying to take him out it's uh, it shows you <laughs> it shows you how well he's doing against them but yeah what a, what a, i mean you know it, it was nasty but it could have been way way worse yeah it could have been you're right and um obviously the IPL auction's just been mate you are the assistant coach of the Punjab Kings um you've signed Sam Curran again mate First and foremost, geez, the, the pressure that's on a man who's making $3.5 million. Um, but what have you guys seen as a management that you like so much about Sam Curran? Okay, listen now, Mitch McClinigan, you must, I know you've got so much work and you're talking Raiders and NFL and, you know, things like that. You must focus on, on, on the IPL news. I, I've left Punjab. Punjab left me. Oh, um, so sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, no, sorry, John T. I actually, it, no, 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 Mitch, that, it hasn't really been big news because uh, – Trevor Bayless took over from Kumble, and you you know with with IPL usually when a head coach moves in he he's allowed to bring in because yes. I, I was you know Kumble had brought me in three years ago to Punjab, and uh, they they didn't extend Kumble's contract and and when that happened in about July this year, um, Lucknow said to me they would love to have so under Andy Flower, um, would I come and be the the, the fielding coach for Lucknow because they also have the Durban franchise and the SA Twenty. So yeah, I would agree with you with regards to Sam Curran. I'm not too sure what Punjab are doing, but I'm I'm now from from a different. You're like uh, now, okay? You, got, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you, got, <laughs> hey, you just you just make sure you look after my mate Quinny there, okay? Just um, keep I keep will. a tight leash Most on definitely. him. Thank you very much for my time uh, for your time. <laughs> it's not possible. You're right. Thank you very much for your time, John T. Um, I'm going to look forward to your call later today on SCNZ um, and SCN. Um, thank you very much for your time, mate. And we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Have a great day. Cheers. Thanks very much, uh, Johnny. One of our uh, splendid commentary team over there at the MCG, uh, Mitch, I know one member of our staff here, uh, Louis Herman Watt, the hyphen, he's on standby in case this game is over before it even starts, so that then he needs to uh, fill in a, a three or four-hour show. He's waiting with bated breath. Do you see the South Africans hanging on here at all, or do you think there's going to be a bit of a uh, capitulation? Well, I mean, they're one down already, mm. um, and look, it's a, it's a tough one, right? I think I think this is a defining test match uh, for like those guys. If they, you know, like Johnty said, they're all of an older age. I feel like um, they're just going to have to show some real determination, some real bottle. And the man who leads that is is Dean Elgar, and he's already out. Um, so. <laughs> He's he's your guy who bats a lot of time, mm. um, does that job for them. So, look, I, I'm giving it maybe until T. Okay, all right, Louis, start warming up now, mate. Uh, always great to have a chat to one of our commentators, and particularly when uh, you know him so well. Although, how well do you know Jonty Rhodes? I feel like he fired a shot at you right at the end there, Mitch. Uh, but great to chat to him. Go back and listen to that one on the app. Uh, quick ads. We'll be right back after this.